You're listening to the Platte River Bard. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Platte River Bard. This is Chris Berger. And I'm Sherry Berger. And today we spoke to Kevin Rich and Andy Park at the Nebraska Repertory Theater about their production, Shakes Fear, opening October 15th and running until October 31st. Kevin Rich is the Associate Professor and Associate Chair and Director of Theater at the University of Colorado Boulder. He has a Director of Applied Shakespeare Certificate and an MFA from the Yale School of Drama Acting. He has a BA from Grinnell College in Theater and Religious Studies. He has served as the Artistic Director of the Illinois Shakespeare Festival from 2012 to 2017 and has numerous directing, playwright, and acting credits at professional theaters all across the country, as well as numerous commercials for Aquafina and Dunkin' Donuts. His previous teaching experience includes Illinois State University, Kenyon College, and Carthage College. In 2008, he formed his own workshop company and continues to facilitate workshops in colleges, high schools, and theater festivals all around the country. He's received numerous awards, most recently the 2016 University Creative Initiative Award and the 2015 University Initiative Award from Illinois State University. For more information, because there's a lot more, see his website, kevin-richrich.com. Andy Park, the artistic director at the Nebraska Repertory Theater, is also an award-winning artistic director, stage director, playwright, lyricist, and puppeteer. He has an MFA from the Chicago College of Performing Arts. He has also directed at several regional theaters, including the Illinois Shakespeare Festival. He is the founding artistic director of Quest Theater Ensemble, which is an award-winning free theater committed to ensuring that everyone has access to the arts. He has written over 10 full-length musicals and received a Joseph Jefferson's Award nomination for his original production, Seashores, with TriArts in 2002. He was the artistic director of the John Shedd Aquarium, Cirque Shanghai, and the showboat Becky Thatcher Theater. He also conceived and directed the opening spectacle for the 2005 Lollapalooza Music Festival and served as an artistic director for the Chicagoland Puppetry Guild's Puppet Festival and QuestFest, a puppet and drum festival on Chicago's north side. For more information, see his website, stagedirector.org, and check out our previous podcast that we've done with him. Now, together, these two talented and experienced directors co-created the upcoming Shakes Fear. We had a great talk with them to find out more about this unique production. And we are here with Andy Park and Kevin Rich, both creative directors of uh, the upcoming Shakes Fear. 
Mm. Ooh, I like how you said yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it opens October 15th. Yes, indeed. Welcome. Actually, thanks for having us. We are once again here at Lincoln. We're here at your place. Uh, and uh, thanks for having us here. Yes, thank uh, you. Thank you very much. We're excited to talk to you about Shakespeare. Thank you so much for coming to Lincoln to talk to us. We appreciate it. Yes, well, we're just really excited to hear everything that you have in store, because I know that this has been a work in progress for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> quite a while, actually. <laughs> yeah, quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> so right now you're doing this in the Black Box Theater. That's, that's right. Next to next next to the the main theater right next to howell theater and we have the studio theater and it's right there yep and they've totally transformed it it's pretty cool oh neat so this isn't like a straight so okay so this is this is called shakespeare and so we're assuming this has something to do with Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Yes. And uh, not familiar to me at all. I know a little bit about Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. So, or Shakespeare, excuse me. <laughs> Ha-ha. <laughs> so what, is this a straight up play? Or what, 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 what is this exactly? I would say it is the only haunted attraction in Lincoln. And, and this is true, and it's actually we've had to go through so much with the fire marshal and everything else, but it is an immersive, theatrical, haunted attraction. Mm, neat. Yeah. And it has, a, it has an amazing history, too. And, and Kevin, you should talk about how Shakespeare initially started. Yeah. Because when we say it, it goes back a while, it really started in 2013. Oh, okay. Because um, prior to, so I'm at University of Colorado Boulder now. Yes, I was going to say, yes, you're, yeah. you're, you're from Colorado, you're in Boulder right now, yeah, I'm, yes. I'm on faculty there, and I'm also director of a, of a program in applied Shakespeare. So it's a graduate certificate program okay. that helps teachers, theater artists, enthusiasts find ways to apply Shakespeare in education, in community, to new work. Um, so just kind of like exploring applications of Shakespeare outside of the commercial theater, making Shakespeare more accessible. And that's been an interest of mine ever since my last job, which is when I started working with Andy. I'm I'm okay. the former artistic director of the Illinois Shakespeare Festival in Bloomington Normal. Okay. Oh, yeah. It was right. a summer right festival, yeah. yeah that's and big. and we would produce three shows in repertory every okay. year. Um, and one of the shows that we did every year was a new work. I was a big believer that we should have a new play alongside two Shakespearean plays. And people would always say, why are you doing new plays? You're a Shakespeare festival. And I would say, mm. Shakespeare wrote new plays. Yes, he did. <laughs> and Shakespeare was adapting his classics for his contemporary audience. So I felt it was our responsibility to do the same and nurture new poetic, you know, um, yeah new work that intersects old and new in the way that Shakespeare's plays did. And Andy, I brought down three different times, three different summers, because mm-hmm. he's one of the best directors I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we started wanting to dot the school year with events, um, because okay. yeah. as a summer festival that was attached to the university, we, found, we wanted to find ways to get students more involved. So we decided to start with Halloween. And I was like, this is a bucket list thing for me to do a Shakespearean haunted house because there yeah. are so many scary characters, ghosts and dead kings and, you know, fairies and goblins and monsters. And there's just so many characters that would be so cool to see in an immersive haunted yeah. attraction type setting. And so I called up Andy and I said, if you bring the spectacle, I'll bring the Shakespeare. And we <laughs> did a thing where we sort of haunted the grounds of Ewing Manor where the Shakespeare Festival takes place. And okay. we didn't know if Shakespeare people would come to a haunted thing or yeah, a haunted house gonna... people would come to a Shakespeare mm-hmm. thing. It sold out the first year. It was awesome. It was so cool. It's a great idea. Well, yeah, really and we is. just, and it became a tradition for as long as I was there. And then when I left to 
uh, work on this Applied Shakespeare program in Colorado, it's always been in the back of our minds to revisit it. And with Andy at Nebraska, just everything aligned for us to revisit it in a new, more resourced way here at Nebraska Rep, and I could not be happier about getting to work on it again. Wow. And you actually have a haunted place to do this as well. That's right. You know, Temple (laughs) Building is known for being haunted. In fact, yesterday, the assistant director and I, we had just finished rehearsal. It's about, you know, 10 o'clock at night. We're walking past this design lab and all of a sudden a door like slams shut we look at each other we're like that's weird (laughs) no one's in there no one's here that just happened (laughs) oh wow so there are ghost sightings all the time around here that was the first encounter i'd ever had and i think it was just letting me know hey you think you're haunted (laughs) no you're not this building is haunted So now you're, uh, you guys are the creative directors here, and uh, of course, uh, Kevin, you said you're uh, at uh, Colorado there, and you had some experience back at the Illinois Shakespeare Festival. Um, how did you start out into theater, and what got you so hooked into Shakespeare? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, or is this just yeah, one of the things that I happened? Think, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think for a lot of theater actors, your bread and butter either becomes Shakespeare or musical theater. And if you heard me sing, you would know why I do Shakespeare. <laughs> um, it was just something I found myself working on. Um, and really, you know, I fell in love with it. I truly fell in love with it when I saw a six-person version of As You Like It on a basketball court mm. in the Lower East Side of New York. Mm. Six okay. actors playing all the parts. There was no set except the basketball hoop and coffee can lights. And kids who came to play basketball sat on their basketballs and watched the show. And it was super theatrical, and they were engaging directly with the audience. It felt improvisational. It felt like a new play. And the more I've learned about Shakespeare, the more I've learned that that was really how they were designed to be performed. Shakespeare was a populist, and I think one of the reasons that he's become kind of I don't know, diamonds in caviar theater is because not all productions engage with the audience in the way that they were meant to. So Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in breaking the fourth wall and making it a magical, immersive experience, even in in a traditional performance. But that's why I love projects like this, because they feel Shakespearean to me in that way. Well, yeah, especially because you're using... now. The idea is you're you're, you're pulling from Shakespeare, so you're pulling these... uh, different characters from many different works and all that. What was the process like on who you're choosing? Did, did you have a list like, oh, we got to use this person, we got to mm-hmm. use it, or anybody you're like, ah, no, but I mean, much. that was definitely a part of it. Yeah. You know, there are certain characters that you're like, oh, man, we have to figure out, you know, how do we, we work, you know, Macduff in there with a head, the head of Macbeth, or how do we work in the fairies, you know, and, and what could be the construct that holds it all together? And so what we landed on is what if the audience gets the opportunity to hear one of Shakespeare's lost plays for the first time. And what if, because you know, this is true, Shakespeare had a lost play card called Cardenio, and every single actor that performed it, they're dead. Hmm. Every single audience member who saw it, they're dead. Now, it's not for any nefarious reason. It just happened to be 400 years say, ago. <laughs> but, but it sure sounds that way. That's, that's and, <laughs> very ominous. Yeah, and we're able to twist it a little bit. And, and so right when you're about to hear it, that's when you have your first appearance of, of a character who's trying to repress this play and keep it repressed for, you know, this for today as well. So, yeah, hmm. the, so the, 
the narrative of the piece without giving too much away sure. is this idea that as an audience member, you're there to see the unveiling of this long lost play. Okay. But all the other characters in the canon are jealous of the play because, uh, you know, Shakespeare writes about jealousy a lot. Yes. <laughs> and so what they're trying to do throughout the experience is prevent you from finding the long lost play okay, cool. uh, because they're... They're jealous, and it's been fun hmm. for me. You know, the, the the cool thing about having two creative directors is that a piece like this actually has two audiences. It's great for people who are brand new to Shakespeare, who are just, you know, and what we found when we mounted this the first time was a lot of people would say, what a cool way to be introduced to Shakespeare. School groups would come, because they and they said, this is just way more fun yeah. than just having to read it yeah, in English read, class. Yeah, right. exactly. So it's a great introduction for someone who is brand new to Shakespeare. But it's also been fun for me to nerd out and put a bunch of little Easter eggs in there for the Shakespeare fans who do know Shakespeare and, and you know, yes, so, we'll that they'll, so that they'll be able to say, that's Titus Andronicus <laughs> grinding that person in a you know meat grinder to bake him into pies later. I mean, like a play like that is made for a haunted. Oh, house, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, so it's been fun, sort of thinking about it for that. It's something that will be fun for someone who's brand new to Shakespeare, and also have a lot of fun little surprises for people little who stuff for, are more familiar with yes. the stories. So, what is expected of a patron when they come to this? Well, experience. so the audience, they really don't have to worry about anything. They, they show up, they get put into a small room where they have to, um, to have to wait to enter into the Shakespeare archives. And when they, and when they enter, they're in a group of 10 and about half of that group, about five people at a time will start to go through the experience. So you don't have to say anything to the characters if you don't want to, they will not touch you. And um, okay. you can't touch them. Sure. You know, those traditional yeah. haunted house rules are in place. Mm -hmm. But if you choose to engage with them, it could change what the actors do and how they respond to you, which could be fun if you're into that. Wow. So um, cool. it, it's going to be really fun. No one has to prepare anything. You don't have to understand Shakespeare or know his plays at all. You just have to come ready for a fun time. If you do know Shakespeare, as Kevin was saying, you might enjoy it on a different level. But if you're just experiencing Shakespeare for the first time, you're going to see the dark side of Shakespeare. Yeah. And I think a lot of times cool. we, we've turned Shakespeare into this romantic and this poet. Yes, it's Romeo and Juliet yeah. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or somebody who's just sort of very in agony, all like the Hamlet. Yeah. It's just, oh, well, oh, you know, yeah. yes, and then brooding. You, you, and but don't forget you have, <laughs> you have like a character like Lavinia who gets her tongue cut out and her hands cut off. I mean, just yes. dark stuff that Shakespeare is also responsible for. And so we get to celebrate the dark side of Shakespeare, which is really fun. Wow. So stupid question, is is the is the rumor true that perhaps Shakespeare didn't write all of Shakespeare? <laughs> how well, do you guys how do you guys come opinion? down on that? Yeah, or, or, I, or do you? I think the reason, you know, it's it, it's funny that you say this because uh, again, a lot of the work I get to do with Shakespeare is in communities with populations who may be brand I love working with people who hate Shakespeare, right? <laughs> who, who, okay. Because they because, you know, they're like, there's no, there's no way for me to connect. And then once they start working on it, then they realize, wow. Like, for example, I've done yeah. a little bit of work in prisons, and I've had an inmate say, Shakespeare must have done time. Because there's no <laughs> way that Shakespeare could possibly have written the prison scene in Richard II mm -hmm. without having sat in a cell. 
I've had veterans. Wow. I've worked with veterans mm. on the war plays, and I've had veterans say Shakespeare must have been in combat because nobody could have written the war scenes and just the experience of combat veterans trying to reintegrate into society. He was writing about characters with PTSD before that was even a term. Yes. Right. Veterans are like, he must have been in combat. I've had people say Shakespeare couldn't have been Shakespeare because he must have been a member of Queen Elizabeth's court because nobody could write about the monarchy without having been that close to it. Having access, And so yeah. my response to all of that is, we do write what we know, but when you're a genius with the level of empathy that Shakespeare must have had, the ability to to get behind the eyes of so many different people at, from, at so, from so many different walks of life at different stages in their life, I, I'm a believer that Shakespeare was just a genius who, I who, think, yeah, who I think you're right. just had this ability to put himself in so many different um, places, even even if he didn't experience them himself. But who knows? We'll never know. Right. That's the thing. We'll never know. But yeah, no, I think yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not on the conspiracy theory side. I, I mean, he's one of those once in a hundred year sort of talented people that you're lucky to see in a lifetime. And some, hey... Hey, people are born like that. Yeah, and they absolutely. do incredible things. Yeah. And, and someday then they go he was away. a freak. He was an absolute freak. Some, yeah. Someday, generations from now, someone may say the same thing about somebody like Stephen Sondheim and you know <laughs> yeah. what that guy's done. Exactly. You know? right. I mean, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's oh, that's impossible. He did all that. Well, no, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah same did. guy. Same guy. Did yeah. all that. <laughs> it's an interesting thought. So, yeah. Now, <laughs> I, I'm curious. So, for something like this, what does what what does rehearsal sort of look like for something like mm-hmm. this i mean do, do you have like people say okay act like you're going through it or mm-hmm. yeah that's, i mean do you, like that's a great yeah. question and you know there's the shakespeare side which it has text training and you know all kinds of like acting tips that you need yeah and, and that's what kevin is really good at but there's also the haunt side and so we've actually had to work on that and people don't realize it but in professional haunts it's not like a high school kid like jumping out at you right. yeah. like at random there's a science behind it. There's a theory behind it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we've been training uh, the, the cast in, you know, who is the rock? The rock is the person that leads the line. And who is the anchor? Oh, that's the person at the end. And they're the security guards that make the whole group feel safe. And so how do you target the rock? How do you target the anchor? Because if they fall, everyone is vulnerable. So, you know, we're, we're training them. And, and how, do you, how do you target certain demographics? How do you categorize the person that is coming through? You scare someone on purpose, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it scary and, and breaks it out and divides it out. And so we're training in that regard as well. Neat. So, so there is no script, really. Uh, or, or maybe yeah, there is. Or pieces. There, or? Yeah, there's, so we have given... Some lo- so there's some text for sure, sure, and there's like back pocket text. Like we sort of have a list of other, you know, Shakespearean insults and things like <laughs> yes, that. Yes, yes. Just so that <laughs> the actors have extra text if they find they need it because of the slightly improvisational nature of the piece. Right, you get somebody who really wants to interact. Right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah. so they, so there's some flexibility, and we've been making changes because we, you know, we like drafted a thing. But now that we're actually putting it in this space, we're you know we're saying, oh, we need you know this actor needs a little bit more, a little bit more text, or oh, this is a really quick scare. I think we need to cut the text here. So okay. it's it's definitely been in development, and uh, but you it, know a new work in 
in progress. Absolutely, but it's coming together. It's starting yeah. to tighten up. We're starting to find that yeah. balance between the scares and and also the Shakespeare, like telling the story yeah. and telling the story. Yeah. yeah, and and it's starting to be magic. I have to say, mm. uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. One, oh, wow, that's so fun. So from from a teaching standpoint. Um, having something like this, what do you think the benefits are for students to be able to experience this and, and be part of putting it together? Yeah, I, I'm assuming the actors, since there seems to be a lot of improv, that, you know, they're they're contributing to the whole thing themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, also just the chance to work with the language. And in a lot of ways, you know, you, you'll hear people that are working with actors talk about, you know, weaponizing the language. And what a great place to, to practice weaponizing the language <laughs> yes. when you're actually attacking audience members <laughs> yes. as they're going through. Absolutely. You know? and, and that's Verbally. Yes. 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 Verbally not, assaulting. Not right. physically. <laughs> yeah. And that's something that Kevin is so brilliant at working on as well. It's like, you know, how do you breathe life into the language and really use the language in, in really rich ways. And you can probably talk about that better than I can. Yeah, I mean, and they've been amazing. I just love the students here. They're so they're they're live wires. They're just so yeah. open and they're like sponges and they have they have brought so much of that life to the language already. The other thing I wanted to mention is that I just is something that you actually said, Andy, um, when you were at conferences haunted attraction conferences, um, and all the people involved in the haunted attractions had theater backgrounds. That's like, right. This is great work yeah. for yeah. theater people. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it is, you know, I think choosing to go into the performing arts is a tough decision to make, and you have to be open. I kind of look at it as you get a book of matches, and, you know, you light it, and where does it take you? Yeah. Where does the fire go? And I think that's what Shakespeare can be for these students. They yeah. can get jobs at haunted attractions all over the country now mm-hmm. because they've had yeah. the, the foundation that they're getting with Shakespeare. Yeah. And there's, this is a growing field to immersive theater is becoming more and more popular yeah i think it's because you know like the younger generation are used to interacting video games they and want wanting they wanting want some that. agency vr mm-hmm. yes yeah. and so yeah. yeah they like having agency yeah. over this kind of the stuff that they like and they like to interact like, with and yeah. so rather than being passive observers of a story actually participating engaging. and engaging and immersing in it and and immersive theater experiences are popping up everywhere so i i am so grateful to nebraska rep for taking this project on because i do think in an educational context it's helping prepare students for the professional landscape as it currently exists um, absolutely so it's it's been real cool. I also want to give a shout out to Jill and Jason Hibbard, who were our collaborators on the design side. Yeah, oh, they, it is. You, yeah. It is so beautiful. I because I just got here from Colorado a couple of days ago. I've been okay. like, working, helping with the script and stuff, but they have been building and working on this all summer. And walking into that space and seeing what they have done was. I was gobsmacked. It is yeah, really Yeah, well, amazing. and you guys know Jill yep. Hibbard. Mm-hmm. She designed yeah, A Thousand puppet. Words, mm-hmm. The Puppets yes. for A Thousand Words. Yeah. She yes. is tremendous. She yes, has she created a world. You're like walking into oh, wow. both Shakespeare and the mind of Shakespeare, but also the artistic world of Jill Hibbard, which is yeah. a wonderful She's place to be. She's incredibly talented. Yeah. How neat. Oh, yeah. how fun. I didn't know she was part of that. Yeah. I, I love this. Uh, like you said, the, the the interactive immersive theater is is not. It's everybody keeps saying it's trending. Well, it's been trending for like almost a decade now. I yeah. think it's it's just one of these things that just keeps gaining steam and gaining steam, and more and more people 
are enjoying it. And I, I, this is one of the neatest ideas for a haunted house I have ever heard. I'm from Kansas City, and we have a couple of three like permanent haunted houses that have been there forever and ever, and it was always kind of a big deal. And, uh, and so we always heard about a lot of stuff and never heard of a Shakespearean haunted house. That is the neatest idea I think I've ever heard. And it's like new Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's not, but it is, well, and that's awesome. Well, the yeah. insults—the insults aren't going to be necessarily in Shakespearean language, or maybe they are. Are they going to be? Some of them are. They yeah. will. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. A crusty batch of nature. Yeah, there's all kinds <laughs> of great dark things. Yeah. That reminds me of that guy at Renfest that used to insult everybody, and I never quite knew what he was saying. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think I'm offended because he was Scottish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's part of it too. Like you're going through, and people are speaking Shakespearean to you, and that's yeah. unsettling. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, the whole true. thing is unsettling. Right. If you're trying yeah. to decipher what while it's coming in. What did yeah. he say? What did he mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. well, and I wonder how many people are going to go through this attraction, and they're going to have the need to tell you that they know exactly who mm. everyone is. Yeah. So you'll yeah. have to maybe, you know. Put their picture in the paper or something. I don't know. Easter eggs. Be like all the extra. Yeah, like a scavenger hunt. Like if you can identify everyone, you'll be on the wall of fame. There you go. It's like eating the ten pound sandwich. I bet you would. I bet you'd find some takers. That's right. That's That's a great idea. (laughs) Identify all the characters. Well, guys, uh, thank you, Andy Park, Kevin Rich, the creative directors of the upcoming Shakespeare. Yes. Got to go see it. What date does that start again? October 15th. And it runs through Halloween? Or it closes Halloween. Halloween. We run through the end of Halloween. It'll be so cool out yeah. here. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys very much for talking with us and having us here once again. Andy, thank you very much for talking with us. So and nice you. to meet you, Kevin. Thanks. I'm sad this is over. This was so fun. Oh. I know. <laughs> it was really a pleasure to get to talk to you. And, yes. Uh, gosh, hopefully you guys can collaborate again yeah, right. yeah. absolutely oh, come back nice. to nebraska maybe wow. make maybe make shakespeare or something uh, maybe that happens every year yeah that's the go. plan yeah. that's what we're talking about oh that's great nice, nice. i love it love it thank you guys very thank much you. Thank, thank you thank you Thank you for listening and supporting the arts in the Platte River area and beyond. Please subscribe to our podcast so you are sure to catch all of our future episodes and join us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Music for this podcast was used with permission by Screaming Skull Productions. See you next time on the Platte River Bard.